In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Baseball is not boring. This has been proven time and time again. It's been proven the last few days, thanks to the World Series. It's been proven because the postseason. It's been been proven because the great baseball season we've seen. It's been proven because of social media. And today we're proving it with an interview with Jonathan Papelbon. All-time Phillies save leaders also happens to be the all-time Red Sox save leaders. But we're talking about the Phillies. We're talking about Philadelphia. What's it like to play in Philadelphia? He had a very complicated time in Philadelphia. Papelbon did. And of course, of course, of course... There is Bryce Harper. There is Bryce Harper, the Bryce Harper conversation. Uh, this is going to be the thing that you're going to want to listen to when it comes to Papabon talking about this confrontation with Bryce Harper, of course, a few years ago when they got in a fight at both members of the Washington Nationals in the dugout. You're going to be surprised what Papabon said. I'm just going to say that. You're going to be surprised. All right. It's a good interview. I want to get right to it. Uh, also, real quick contest you're listening to this on halloween you still have time give us at bb isn't boring you're on twitter on instagram give us a photo of your best baseball theme costume kids parents pets i don't care we don't care whatever it is at bb isn't boring please pass them along and the grand prize for the best for the best photo it's a good one it's two tickets to opening day of any park you want and any park you want. There you go. And the top five will send baseballs and boring t-shirts. Shout out Swing Juice. Once again, you go to Swing Juice to get those t-shirts. Or you can go to the at BB is boring social accounts and find them there. But it's a good time to have a contest. It's a good time to dress up. It's a good time to do an interview. And real quick, real quick, can I can I vent just a second before we get to the Papelbon interview? Vent for a second. Okay. Congratulations to Pat Holberg, right? Congratulations to him, the home plate ump for game two. Perfect game. Perfect game. Didn't miss a call. It's unbelievable. I think we can't be highlighting this enough. Great job. We rail on the umpire so much, especially at big moments in the postseason. He should be highlighted. Now, he graded out the best of any umpire behind the plate all year long. I am baffled by this. I have been baffled even before this. I understand there's a rotation. And I just tweeted, I said, if Holberg is best, why isn't he behind home plate for every game of the World Series? It's like having Mike Trout hit ninth the day after launching four home runs. All right. For those who don't understand or don't realize, I understand there's a rotation. Right now, the rotation does not have him behind home plate again the rest of the World Series. So the best guy in your game is only going to be umpiring one game behind the plate at home for the World Series. One game. And the game that he did, by the way, it was a perfect game. 
And you're not going to run him out there again because you have this rotation. And a lot of people would say, well, you can't throw him out there every game. He'll get worn down. All right, let's just assume that that's correct. But how do you have this guy only slotted for one game behind home plate? It's not only just this one game that he did really, really well. It's all year long. He was the best. He was the best. So anyway... Listen, I mean, this is what makes baseball so great. These sort of conversations, something like this comes up all the time. I enjoy the debate. I enjoy the conversation. And I really enjoyed sitting down with Philadelphia Phillies all-time save leader, Jonathan Papelbon. If there is one former Philly, I would love to talk to. There's a lot of them. I'll say this. This is the guy that I would want to talk to uh, in this postseason. I'm not not just saying that because we just talked to him because of his – perception of the Philadelphia market and also because of the Bryce Harper stuff. And we also get into Framber Valdez swiping his wrist, his hand, whatever, and how that dynamic is. Papelbon talks a little bit about how he views that. And of course, celebrations, celebrations, because you know what? When you have a guy jumping around in a kilt with a beer box on his head, that guy knows how to celebrate. All right. Well, Subscribe, follow, listen, leave a nice review. So far, everyone has been great leaving nice reviews. Uh, Joe Kelly, Alex Korb, the whole works. We're going to keep cranking them out. We're going to have them uh, after every game here on in for the World Series. After game three, Nick Punto is going to join, hopefully, Courtney, Coop, and myself. Uh, I'll be on boots on the ground down in Philadelphia. So a lot to look forward to. But today, you get to look forward to a Jonathan Papelbon get-together. Here you go. Here's Pap. All right, there's nobody I would rather be talking to right now than the the person whose brand has never been hotter, the owner of the Papel brand, uh, Jonathan Papelbon. What's going on, man? What's happening, brother? All right, let's go. All right, welcome to Baseballs Are Boring. Like we had, we had asked you why baseball isn't boring before, and you said because you have grown men wearing tight pants, which is actually in our open. Congratulations. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, so we, having watched baseball all year, you can. It, it feels like baseball though is is still entertaining, correct? Oh no, quite. Look at the World Series. We got a team that nobody expected to be in, and they're playing great against a team everyone expected to be in. So what? I mean, what more could you ask for? There's no question about it. And and speaking of the World Series, let's talk a little bit about the World Series. All right, um, you. I looked it up. You are the all-time save leaders for one of the teams in the World Series, correct? Correct. All right. Okay. Uh, so talk to me when you watch the Phillies play now. Before we get into you know your history with the Phillies, whatever. When you watch the Phillies play right now, what is your, your sort, of, sort of feeling that you have? Because sometimes, you know, I don't know if it's different than watching the Red Sox play in the World Series. I don't know. What is your feeling watching these games? My feeling right now is... The Phillies got nothing to lose, and they're using that to their advantage. And they're just they're playing like they got nothing to lose. Balls to the wall, man. And um, I like the Phillies in this, man. I'm gonna take the underdog, you know. So um, I I just I, you you know as a baseball player, you just get that feeling and that sense when you watch another team play. You're like, man, they're all clicking together, and that's what's happening with Philly right now. I believe in. And plus, being the all-time stage leader for Philly, I gotta, I gotta kind of stay true to my roots. I mean, there's no question about that. The fact is, so, but you know, this is so. Let's talk a little bit about about Philly. Like we had talked earlier, 
and another podcast about how when you went there, it was like you felt like this was going to be almost a dynasty, right? I did. Yeah. And so talk a little bit about that, if you can, about when you went there, about the what you expected from being in Philadelphia, from the time that you were there, and sort of what happened. Well, shit, man. We had myself. Let me just tell you these names. Myself, Cole Hamels, Roy Halliday, Jimmy Rollins, Cliff Lee, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, who – Look, I went there thinking I was going to win like three more championships, honestly and truthfully. People started getting hurt. Ruben Amaro was given the keys to a Ferrari, and I felt like he wrecked it. Um, you know, he just thought these guys were all going to just miraculously in their mid-30s recover and didn't – had spent too much money. And, I mean, it, even granted that money was on me. I mean, I still felt like in my career – I mean, obviously being the sales leader still there, I produced. So, mm-hmm. I, I was – you know, so – we just had a lot of money on the books, man, and I think he just couldn't couldn't keep his head above water. Then they had to dismantle. So when you when you roll that, I mean, it is incredible that that you are the saves leaders for the Philadelphia Phillies. Like people would say, like, oh, you're the save leader for the Red Sox, sure, yeah. but but it's it's sort of like, you know, you came to the Phillies. It certainly wasn't the love fest that you had in Boston. I mean. <laughs> I mean, it never is when you're not a homegrown guy, I don't feel like, or have been there for an extra long time. I mean, Philly's a great city, man. Don't get me wrong. It's a great city. I mean, I know they're having a blast right now, and I, and I feel like they're going to have another World Series parade there. Uh, but I just happened to go there in a time where, man, it was just they rode a high, and I thought they were going to keep riding those highs and those NLCS appearances year after year, and it just didn't work out, man. What, what was what when you go you came from a place in Boston you were listen it wasn't all roses in Boston either Pap right I mean especially especially being your last time it's, it's you met. roses roses and anywhere and winning covers up the roses well, yes covers up the lack of roses yes yes the in in by the last time I've said this I remember the last time you were in the Red Sox uniform you stood in the Baltimore clubhouse for like an hour answering questions after the last game in 2011. You talk about a clubhouse that had like no roses flying around that place. I mean, that was of all the good times. That was not a good time. So, you know, when you're up, by like, I think we were up by what double digits going into September close to it. Yeah. Best record in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not, we listen, we're not. My question is this. Is it so when you go to Philadelphia, there's a lot of similarities, I would imagine. Maybe I, I listen, you played in Philadelphia, I didn't, but there's a lot, probably a lot of similarities in terms of the intensity when you went there. Could you like when you let's start there where you went to Philadelphia, did you feel that right away? The the similarity was different. I've always said that there's a lot of similarities uh, between the two cities for sure. Um, but you know, I think, um, you know, with Philadelphia, man, I think it's just their fans are the fans that I needed to be playing in front of. No question about it. Like, I want a fan that expects way more than what their ticket price or they feel like they should expect for their ticket price. Trust me. I Look at my ERA in a day game when nobody shows up. Look at my ERA in a night game when the pack, <laughs> in the stadium's packed. So it's so, so, so. 
Um, you know, and look, I got like, I'm going up to Philly. I got to do a show up in Philly's, you know, and so I still hit back Philly. And so it's, um, I think I'm going there in December, maybe. Yeah. But, um, oh, you got to look. Come on. Get, get in my car with me tomorrow. We'll go there tomorrow. Come on. Yeah. Well, I wish, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's so, so I, you make a good point. Like, this is, you know, this is when you do well, man, you're a hero, right? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and look, I have no qualms with how they treat them when they don't do well, man. Like, look, I said I didn't come to Philly for this, and they hated for me for saying that. But then I think after I left, they realized, like, man, he might have been right. You know, he, he came here to win this city more championships, and I got to respect that. And so that's kind of how it's always been for me there, you know? Did you, did you feel like, you know, I feel like what you're saying is the same message that they wouldn't want to hear. Did you feel like this, it was at times that this wasn't this connection? Like, you guys don't understand. Like, I want to win here. Like, that's why I came here. And I'm frustrated that I'm not winning. And that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Am I, am I wrong about that? Well, it just depends on how you take it. I mean... If you if you need a headline, you write it to where you need a headline. If you don't, you know, you let it be for what it is. But man, at the end of the day, uh, I didn't care. You know, I didn't really care what they what the media even wrote about. At the end of the day, I cared what twenty five guys in that clubhouse thought about me, and I went about my business the same way every day. You know, obviously there were some players who were like, "Hey, Pat, man, maybe chill out a little bit." You know, and like, "Yeah, you know, maybe right. It's gonna all come back." You know. And, and you had that give and take, but to me, I, I cared about 24 of the guys in there and maybe a clubhouse attendant or two. But other than that, I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Well, did you, uh, so what was your favorite moment? What was your favorite moment in Philly? I mean, this is obviously because, listen, there's, they're riding high and, and there's nobody I'd rather see. And by the way, they probably could use another bullpen arm. I'm not going to lie to you. So there you go. Limber up. Well, I will tell you my favorite time in Philly was uh, we did have a great group of guys. And my favorite part about Philly was the uh, plane rides. We had a as big as big league poker game as you can imagine with myself, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Cole Hamels, Swiftly, and uh, – I remember a lot of flights where we had to literally wait and the bus would wait on us to finish some hands. So bigger than Boston, huh? Oh man, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Really? Wow. Way bigger. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, I know we've talked about this. Ortiz just tried just tried to overpower everybody, right? <laughs> hey, look, we <laughs> worst poker player ever. That's all I gotta say. All right, so so when you're when all that money's flying around on those flights in in Philly, who's taking it? Man, I tell you, Cliff took a lot. I took a lot. Um, we had some suckers in there. I won't say who, but uh, he he broadcasts for TBS now. He he's a pretty good sucker for money. <laughs> all right, all right. So so what was so Bald that head. who? Bald head. Oh yeah, you don't know. I got you. I got you. So who? So other than the other than the, uh, the the poker games on the buses or on the on the flights, give me some other good times in Philly because this is like listen. I mean, you watch it now and Pap, you have to see. This is. I'm glad you're on because what you're saying, like this is what you expected. Like you expected to be in the middle of this chaos, and you we're in the middle of it in Boston. Obviously, you know what it's like, but you were expecting to be in the middle of the type of chaos that's going on around Citizens Bank Park right now. 
Yeah, I mean, look, that's what I went there for. And, um, you know, like I said, unfortunately it didn't happen. But, man, you know, injuries and father time are part of the game. I get that. But, you know, Philly's a great city when you're winning in it. It sucks when you're losing in it, but everything sucks when you're losing. And you need to step up your game when you're losing. But, man, my <laughs> – some of the funnest times I always would have would be fishing in spring training because I used to love to go fishing in spring training. But um, funny story is uh, we stole Kyle Kendrick's boat one day. He was from Clearwater, and we stole Kyle Kendrick's boat, and we were running it a little bit too fast in the bay, kind of ran into something. Thank God we uh, didn't get hurt too bad, but we pretty much uh, totaled his boat. Really? He had, a nice boat. he had a nice boat, real nice boat, man, and uh, – Thank God it wasn't like we weren't going too fast, but man, it was funny. He got mad. Well, well, you and I are in the same fantasy football league now. I don't think he's getting winning any money to, to buy himself. Uh, a boat, that's why I got in. Like I told you, my favorite nation was a donation, and he is just straight donation. Well, you aren't getting it either, my friend. I mean, come on, let's go. Pick it hey, up. I'm making my run late. I'm making my run. <laughs> All right. So another guy, and I love you know love talking with you because you'll talk about anything. And uh, another guy um, who is in the middle of this is Bryce Harper, right? Correct? Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you about watching Philadelphia. Like, when you watch Bryce Harper right now, like, what's your, like, instinctual, what's your, what's your feeling toward him? When I watch Bryce Harper right now, I see a new and improved leader that I did not see when I played with. Okay. I see – I see. I don't, if you pay attention to what Dusty Baker said in his interview about him, he said, yeah, you know, I had my time. He was young. We had a lot of run-ins. And he thanked me for those run-ins. I don't know if you saw that interview, but I think that, you know, run-ins and, and intensity is all part of baseball. But I think everything's come to a culmination for him now. And I bet you he would be thankful for our run-in, just like I am. I'm thankful because you learn and you grow and you become a man and you be, figure things out in life and it's not people people want to get their panties in a wad about it but it's part of life it happens on and off the field and um i think he's in a good spot man that's why i'm picking them to win because i feel like he has finally hit that culmination in his career have you talked to him no we don't talk no we don't talk anymore we i mean yeah. ever since ever since that happened ever since the we talked right after yeah we talked right after of course okay and uh uh, we, everything was good after that. We talked and, um, uh, you know, if I was to see him at a field today, we still, I'd, I'd go up and say, Hey, and, and chat with him, catch up with him, see how everything is for sure. We don't have that kind of animosity with him anymore. No, but, um, you know, I mean, like I've said before, Jason Veritek has kicked my ass way more than that behind closed doors. So <laughs> it's all good, man. You know, it's, it's it really is. And so it's a good point. You know, it's like, and we forget this. And there's a lot of this stuff that probably happens behind closed doors. And there's a lot of younger, what, how old was he at that? Like 21 or something? Yeah, like that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff happens and it's just, and then you flash forward to he's what, 30 now. Yeah. Who isn't different from 21 to 30? Right, man. You know, I mean, it's 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 the whole process and, and and man like honestly i could really say man I, i'm i'm 
I'm proud of his development, man. Like, I'm proud to say, man, I played with this guy. But, yeah, we had a run-in, big deal, man. If you ask 100 players across the board, every single one of them are going to say, yeah, so, big deal. Um, and I, if he stays loose, he's one of the greatest players I've ever played, you know. But throughout that process, he has had to learn a lot. Just like I didn't become safe leader in two historic franchises right out the gate. I had to learn a lot of shit along the way, man. So tell me, give me an instance now that, you know, and maybe not exactly the same sort of situation, but someone who did the something similar to you that helped you realize that, hey, you know what, I was young, you know, whatever it is. Was there a moment like that or was it just over time? Tim Lynn, Tim Wakefield. Yeah. Me and Mike Tim got into it during BP in Canada Yards one day. I remember by Big Poppy was hit. VP in the cage and his fat ass comes running down. Hey guys, hey guys, hey guys, calm down, guys. It's okay, it's okay. And we're like, get the fuck out of here. You know, we just, uh, <laughs> anyway, now, awful, a lot of guys, man. And so, you know, it was part of the game. I don't know if it's that much part of the game now, Rob. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, because there's more young guys. I mean, honestly, right? And they're expected yeah. to do more right out of the game. I mean, when Bryce Harper was that age, there wasn't there wasn't nearly as many twenty one year olds expecting to. Like he was he was the aberration of it all. Correct, Correct. groundbreaker. So, yeah, I mean, so so it's good, man. I'm I'm glad, I'm glad that you uh, you have that perspective, and I'm also glad that you get a chance. Like you have the perspective also of being in Philadelphia for all your buddies. Like. I know you're buddies with a bunch of the Phillies guys. I know because they're in our fantasy football league. And, yeah. and so, but it's cool that you guys get to sort of experience this, right? Seeing the, these same fans that booed and cheered and did, did went everything through to the other and now are going nuts, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, and I think about this one time. You can go on Google this one, man, because it shows me putting uh, the people's elbow on one of the Philadelphia fans. He tried to. He was talking shit to me the whole game and decided to run on the field and, and jump the bullpen. And so I met him at the fence and I, I put him in a – I gave him a people's elbow and a chokehold and he went limp and the security guards uh, uh, kind of dragged him off the field, you know. <laughs> Boy, he was mad. I don't remember that. I don't, even think, I don't think that's even on Google. Did someone? Did anyone know about this or no? Um, I'm pretty sure you could just type uh -oh. in Palpabon. People's elbow. Billy's bull. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what is, so as we sit here, um, heading into game three game, it's one, one, what's your prediction? We're going back to Philadelphia. My prediction is, uh, Philadelphia is going to win two to three back in Philadelphia. I think the Houston Astros are going to sneak one in. I think they're all going to be fairly tight games. I don't think any of these games will be blowouts. And I think, um, they're going to be dog fights. We probably are going to see an, uh, a few extra inning games again. I, I, I would go as far to say, um, Houston Astros bullpen is in a better situation than the Phillies. Yeah, but Rob is making all the right decisions for the Phillies right now. Um, the Phillies are hot. Man, you can go a million ways, right? Mm -hmm. Sounds like sounds like you have a gambling podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I, I just know what I know, Rob. I know well. Listen, um, I have to ask you as a pitcher, because I've never pitched. This is coming off of game two. I woke up this morning, and the great thing about Twitter, you haven't, by the way, where have you been on Twitter? You disappeared after seven. 
I, I know, bro. I, and I hate it, man. But I've been so busy with my company, Diago. Give a shout out to them, man. Yep. We are yep. rolling. And uh, we're trying this new marketing scheme. And I don't know if I'm going to switch it to a Diago account, man. I've been kind of, they're putting the pressure on me to do that. So I may even get away from the podcast stuff. And because, man, I, 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 <laughs> I know, man. I want to still do it for fun. No, listen, man, Jesus, this way we're rolling, Rob. We'll talk. We'll talk we're, offline. We're in seven different states. Yeah, we'll talk offline about your marketing strategy. I think you know. So, uh, but um, but yeah, so I'll get back to the Twitterverse. Okay. All right. Um, so, I, but I, my point was, I woke up and there's like the great thing about Twitter. By the way, Pat, Twitter in the World Series is awesome. Like it's awesome. I like. I love yeah. it. I don't know if you saw that uh, the Taco Bell retweeted me the other day. Because, yes. Yeah, you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I had to order. I had to order two hundred and ten million tacos in the drive-through. Uh, hello. How can I have it today? Yes. Could I order two hundred and thirty-one million tacos, please? Sure. Would you like anything else? No, I think that's it. That's it. Great. Would you like any sauce with your food today? Um. No, I think this plane, plane's good enough. Thank you, though. You're welcome. You can move forward. Please. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, oh, my. <laughs> um, um, so anyway, it's great. Great, great stuff, man. Who'd have think Kyle Schwarber, man? Great stuff. Right? Right? Almost, hey, I almost put, uh, you know, you can bet on that. I almost put some money on Schwarber. Honestly, God's yeah. honest truth. I was like, I'm just going to take the guy that nobody thinks because every year it's been like an Ellsbury or a Speedy guy. Yeah. Or Mookie Betts, you know? Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, take Schwartz. Did he – What would, you don't know the odds on that, do you? Did the you? odds plus uh, 1,100 or plus 1,200. Okay. All right. Well, I, I could have – I, I would have been even poorer because not only did I have to buy 210 million tacos, but I would have had to lost the bet. So, uh, so, but my point is, is that Twitter is awesome during the World Series. I would have loved to do it when you were playing during the World Series, uh, because it adds a whole new element. And when I wake up today, the thing that I see is Framber Valdez basically wiping his hand all over his wrist and his hand. And did you see that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So obviously, listen, I mean, we know that when you played, everyone's been open. There's bullfrog and everything else. Yeah. But now they're supposed to be cracking down and you're the World Series and I'm sorry, I have I see the guy wiping his hand and then they have now they have video of him wiping his hand on his uniform as he's walking to the ump. Like what is happening? That's a head scratcher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, man, look. I don't really know how to comment on this because I was not a stickum guy, Rob. I was a just a, a a spit or like some gum and a spit with some uh, rosin. Yeah. Because I wanted to, I wanted that ball to come out of my hand fast. And I, I this was before spin rate happened. I, I always man, let me spin this son of a bitch as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then my split with my split finger, you wanted it coming out smooth too. Yeah. So it never really was that. And I bought buddy, man. We had some concoctions in the bullpen that you know it. Shoot, man. <laughs> I, like, stuff that would just blow your mind, man, especially some of the Dominican players. I can't really get into it, but, man, there was some stick them that you wouldn't even believe. But it's supposed to be – the point was is that we're sitting here at the World Series 
you know, a year and a half out from this stuff. And like, yeah, God bless. It's not, it's not going away. No, nah, it's not. That's, that's the, yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. It's not going yeah. away. Uh, the last thing is, because I do want to get to this is about the art of celebrating. Okay. And oh, yeah. I wanted to do a separate podcast. Maybe this will be a separate podcast. I'll take this. What I'm going to ask you is that I love, I love locker room celebrations. People don't understand. We were talking with Cora about this the other day. People don't get it that it's such a long season. It's such an investment. No matter what you win, you're, you have the right to celebrate like whatever way you want. And I love the celebrations and like backward hat, Dave Dombrowski, you know, and whatever. But there is nobody, and I'm going to contact some other people, maybe Gomes or somebody else, and like say, okay, the art of celebrating when you win a series. Because I, speaking of Google, I can Google Jonathan Papelbon celebrating wins, and I'll find you with a, a beer box on your head dancing around in your underwear, right? Give me yeah. your take on celebrating. The, give well, me... Give me, give me basically the blueprint on how to celebrate. Okay, my blueprint, it may be different than others, but my blueprint is the fact that I've worked my ass off with no break. And if you give me any ounce to celebrate, I'm going to do it. I've been on teams where they're like, oh, it's the first round. We're not so bullshit. Y'all can go home. I'm going to stay here, and I'm still going to celebrate. And, you know – my motto was play hard, work hard. And so my goal was to try, try to throw up. I, I wasn't satisfied until I was throwing up the next morning. I mean, I felt like if that happened, it was a pretty good night. Hey, listen, we all have to have goals, right? Yeah. And now, now you know, kilts and underwear and other things may come into play, but you can't be scared, man. You got to be you, man. You've worked all this hard, man. And so, you know, yeah, your wife, your wife might give you these uh, looks. You got to keep moving, man. Who? So if I was going to do a separate podcast on this, who would you say I should call? Who do you definitely, say? Like, you've got to get your Johnny Gomes. You definitely got to get uh, your PVs. You got to get. Um, I mean, Napoli's like, Napoli's obviously one. Nap- but he he disappeared. He he left for three days. So I don't know if that, that factors in. So maybe. Um, and I feel like you know with Poppy, as much as he's done it, you know he's become a pro. You know, so you know your Kurt Schillings and your other guy. You know they're they're not. So you get you know you got to just let them do their thing. But well, I said I said the Cora back in. I said there was one guy, and listen, I like this guy a lot. It's just everyone approaches it differently. But J.D. Drew just, like, left. Yeah. <laughs> he just went home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wrote his ass many times about that. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, pro move from a reporter's perspective, collect the corks. Great Christmas gifts. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you can collect the bottles, but we get we have to collect yeah. the corks. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that we got I think we've solved a lot of problems today, Pap, as always. Good. I can help you on this Sunday morning, man. I'm going to get back to bowling my peanuts, man. Okay. All right. Listen, your your brand has never been hotter. Thank you. Baseball isn't boring thanks to you. Okay. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it.